Welcome to the KHOW Podcast. You've joined a community who focuses on doing the word, living the word, and following the word. We hope you enjoy these messages. In the Make Disciples portion, we're in the eighth month of the year. Um, I'm still hoping that you are receiving and taking hold of this time of new beginnings. Um, we started in 2020 as uh, Pastor T. Fay um, so beautifully prophesied in a new era. And in this new era, we have seen many things that none of us were prepared for. We may have had a stirring and a sense that God was doing something, that the climate was changing, but I, I don't know of anyone who knew that the, the name was COVID-19. Um, we then felt another shift, a wave coming, and we didn't necessarily know that it was going to be leading us into um, a, a, another wave of, um, uh, and honestly, we're, uh, another almost new beginning of a civil rights movement, right? And so, um, but at the same time, God has been raising up a remnant in the midst of all of this. He's been raising up people um, who are now inter interceding in ways they haven't before. Um, he's sharpening giftings. Uh, he's moving in different ways. He's speaking very loudly if we're listening and keeping our ears tuned to his voice. God has not been silent. And so if at any point you have felt like um, your antennas are not receiving um, a lot right now from heaven, I'm going to challenge you in this month of new beginnings, we talked about the reevaluating, the removal and the reset that we're in this place of resetting, that you reset your antenna and make sure that you are staying in a posture where you are readily available for God to speak and that you keep your ears open to hear. And so on Saturday, we talked about uh, this third aspect of how we are to teach when we are making disciples. And so we are in the last six months of the year, the make you, right? We went from being made to now making disciples. And we are centered around the theme scripture, Matthew 28, 19, which says, go therefore into all nations um, and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so we talked about this, teach them to obey on Saturday. We talked about obedience. I will tell you guys this, um, when preparing uh, for that message and listening to the Holy Spirit, I did not uh, anticipate that it would um, come in a manner where uh, I knew that it would be a message that would cause us to have to pause, but I don't know about you, but it arrested me. There should have been, um, a space where we were all arrested, where we were all challenged, where we were all um, literally where we should have, if you have not, come to a place of repentance. Um, I said it before, none of us, not any pastor on this thread, any minister on this thread, when we are here, we are sons and daughters. When I go to pray, he does not call me pastor. He calls me by my name. And so I am not higher or greater. Now I am called to a higher standard, but because the Bible says those that teach are held to a higher standard. But I too was arrested as I walked with this word because um, 
there are things that can fall through the cracks and you really believe that you are being obedient. Um, but one of those aspects when it said that the enemy will have us to believe that giving some is enough, a lot of times we have gotten, we have been so tired. We have been um, so busy. We have, you know what I mean? Where we have used tiredness and busyness and, and work and all these things to almost justify why we have not given all when God is requiring all. And so tonight we're going to be, I love you, on Teach Them to Obey Part Two. Teach Them to Obey Part Two. And so um, we're gonna be in the book of Proverbs tonight. Uh, we are going to exegete one scripture and one scripture only. And there's sometimes guys where um, there's one scripture that is so powerful enough. You know, if you just go verse by verse in the, in, the, in the word of God, it can blow your mind. And so often, right, we're reading stories, but we're not resting in a, in a specific place within that story that God wants to draw something out, reveal to you. And so tonight I'm praying for uh, the revelation of God that we've been getting to continue, that your eyes fall on uh, this chapter and this verse we're going to read, and things are illuminated to you. And so, um, Minister uh, we're going to be in Proverbs 19 and 16. And so, one of the things I want to say is that that what we're doing tonight is we're doing what would be called a topical study. The topic is um, obedience, obey, right? And so we're going to use this scripture, this one verse, uh, as our topic, as the thought that we're going to rest upon, okay? So Proverbs 19 and 16. Whoa. whoa. All right. Here we go. Mm -hmm. Whoever keeps commandments keeps their life, but whoever shows contempt for their ways will die. So let me read it like this. Uh, in the contemporary English version, it says this, obey the Lord's teaching and you will live, disobey and you will die. Now, in the Amplified, it says this, he who keeps and obeys the commandment of the Lord keeps a guard over his own life. But he who is careless of his ways and conduct will die okay and so this is what we're talking about this evening this aspect of obedience um and 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 let's walk through the scripture first before we get into some some points i want us to take away and so i'm going to be using the amplified version and exegeting from there so that we can kind of get a really clear picture and so let's all get one thing um, fundamentally clear. When we're talking about obedience, I want you to write this down. We're talking about this, to carry out instruction. To obey, to be obedient means to carry out instruction. So it says this, he who keeps, the first, those first three words uh, here in this text are grouped together and it means this, uh, he who watches, he who attends, he who preserves, he who protects. Oh, and I love this. It says, 
the bodyguard. So the bodyguard carries out instruction, right? The bodyguard obeys the commandments. So the bodyguard carries out instructions and those instructions are the order or the commands of God. That's what a commandment is. It's a, it's a charge. It is, a, it is an order. It is instructions. So the bodyguard preserves, watches, and protects and carries out the instructions of the instructions given. <laughs> so whatever God instructs us to do, we have to carry out those instructions. And far too often God instructs and then we reconstruct what he said. And that in our reconstruction is how we fall into disobedience. But what we will do is because we did not change all of it, we will justify that because I didn't change all of it and I did some of it, I was still obedient. And that is just not true. It's just not true. We're re it's not true here in the gospel. And so it says the bodyguard that protects and carries out the instructions of the instructions of the Lord, it says he keeps, he, he saves life. And it also means this, he keeps within the bounds. So here's what you need to know. We are free in God. And yet, at the same time, there are boundaries for our safety. And so often we are playing outside of the boundaries of the kingdom. And we're trying to bring the world into the kingdom or trying to bring the kingdom into the world and that does not work. And anytime you're trying to mix those two worlds, you are out of bounds. Anytime that you um, do not preserve, do not um, attend to the charge of God, you are playing out of bounds. So let's look at, if we're looking at, thank you, Holy Spirit, if you are watching a gymnast do a floor routine, one of the biggest things is that they remain within the square as they perform. There is a penalty if your foot steps out of bounds. There's a penalty for that. And they lose points. And so, but they're, they're as much as they're enjoying the routine, as much as they're enjoying um, um, uh, the presentation, they cannot forget that going out of bounds brings a penalty. That going out of bounds causes them to lose something, okay? So the bodyguard that, that keeps and carries out the commandments of the Lord has to keep in bounds and guard his own life and your life is your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions, yourself, your person. It says this, but he who is careless and all this is grouped together. And this means this, he who raises his head loftily. He who, th you know, thinks he's a little bit higher than he ought to. He who despises the, the, the commands. So he who is careless, of his ways, of the direction, of the course of his life, 
and the, his behavior, it says this, he will perish. He will be put to death. He will surely die. And so let's go over some simple points. Number one, it's the job of the disciple to attend to the commands of God. It is your job as a disciple to attend to the commands of God. It is your job to protect the command of God. It is your job to take note of what he said. It is your job to preserve the word of God because the word of God is precious. It is valuable. The word of God is your blueprint for the life that you will live. The word of God is not to be treated carelessly. The word of God is not to be devalued. The word of God is not to be added to or taken away from. And I think so often we are trying to protect our own reputa repu reputations more than we are protecting the word of God. Because when you protect the word of God, you're protecting God's reputation. And the world right now will tell us that we have to uh, um, uh, follow um, all of the, the branding and marketing, marketing strategies of the world. And here's the thing, you are a brand ambassador for Christ. You know what my brand is? Jesus. <laughs> and so it doesn't mean that God won't use you in marketplaces to be influential, but it is not to draw men to you. It is to draw men to him. And if you don't protect the word, you will find it is your words that are leading people and not his. Number two, what you refuse to obey now, you will pay for later. What you refuse to obey now, you will pay for later. And when I say the word pay, I mean there are consequences to disobedience. And it began in the garden. We saw the consequence of the disobedience. We call it the fall of man. <laughs> We've seen the disobedience of Moses not make it into the promised land. We've seen the disobedience of Saul not do what the prophet Samuel told him that God wanted him to do when we studied on Saturday. And because of his disobedience to not fully obey, he was rejected. Because he refused God's command, God rejected him. And so there will be consequences. And hear me, this is not about when you don't do what he says, even when you don't do all that he said. See, we're always measuring on the, well, I didn't do everything. Okay, but what about when you didn't do it all? There's still consequences. Let me, as I was um, listening to the Lord today and putting these thoughts down that he was saying, I was thinking about this movie, and it's going to date me, but there was a movie back in the day, and the movie is a little bit older than me, but I remember the movie was called The Bodyguard, okay? And so the bodyguard was about a, a, influent, uh, a, a rich kid who goes to this school. He's moved, he goes to the school, and he's being bullied by the, the tough guys in the school. And they're harassing him, beating him up. And he meets this big, tall, kind of rough guy 
who he pays to be his bodyguard. And he goes and he beats up these guys who've been bullying him, okay? And every day, because this kid also goes to school, he's protecting him, they become friends. But the guys that he beats up find a bigger guy to come and beat him up, <laughs> okay? But the, the, the story goes on that the, 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 the bodyguard loses hope and now he's afraid, but he has to come back to himself and he goes back, challenge the big guy and, and with his last little breath wins, wins, right? And so he defeats the enemy basically. And so when I was thinking about this, I was thinking about this, 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 this movie and this, these words that we're to bodyguard the commandments of the Lord, right? That we are to, to be, right, the, the protector of the word, that there are going to be some battles that are going to try to come and take you out. There's going to be some situations that are going to try to cause you to fear. There are going to be some situations uh, that God is going to ask you to go into. There, Moses leading the children of Israel was not easy. Gideon going and, and, and starting out with 30,000 and ending up with 300 was not easy. Jesus going to the cross was not easy. But the enemy will try to get you to a point where you are afraid and you turn away from what God said. Moses, in a moment where the people are frustrating him, forgets what God says and, and does what God said before, thinking he would get the same result. But when you are the bodyguard of the commandments of God, don't think that it doesn't come with some trials and some testing, but know that God is with you as you cover his word, as you follow his instructions, as you stay close and you are obedient to what he's asked you to do. It doesn't mean, obedience doesn't mean it'll be easy, but what obedience Let's us make, let me say it like this, obedience guarantees God's protection. It, 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 it solidifies the Holy Spirit's leading. And it confirms God's covering. Number three, don't let the size of God's word cause you to fear the enemy desires to sift you as wheat. Do not let the, the size of God's word cause you to fear the enemy's desire to sift you as wheat. Denial of his word is denial of him. Do not let the size of God's word cause you to fear the enemy's desire to sift you as wheat. Denial of his word is denial of him. Peter, who loved Jesus, who was one of the three. Jesus says to him, the enemy is gonna come, you're gonna reject me three times. He says it, you're gonna reject me. Peter is flabbergasted that, that Jesus would even say this. It's like, no way, that'll never happen. But in a moment where there is pressure, where he sees what is happening to Jesus and fear takes hold of him, and people begin to ask him, aren't you one of those that were with him? He says, not once, not twice, but three times, no. And he denies him. And you need to understand that every time you disobey God, it is a denial of him. Every time you disobey, or every, let me say it like this, 
every time you deny walking like Jesus, you deny the power in the name of Jesus and the person of Jesus. And every time the Holy Spirit quickens you to move and you don't, you're denying the power and presence of the Holy Spirit. There are words that God is gonna speak over your life if he hasn't already, that are gonna feel very big. And guess what? They should. They should feel bigger than you and they should scare you, but they should do what uh, the, the prison program does, scare you straight. They should not scare you to run. They should scare you straight because you know that God is sure even when we aren't and that his, his assurity in you builds a confidence in you that if I follow exactly the blueprint, if I follow the commands, if I stay in tune and in step with the voice of God, I cannot fail. I'll make mistakes, but I can't fail. And the enemy wants to sift us as we, he wants to take us out. But God is with us and God is for us. And so obey the Lord's teachings and you will live. This death that we're talking about is a spiritual death as well as a physical in the end because if you're not spending eternity with the Father, you are spending eternity somewhere else. And so the question is, will we be those who are bodyguards preserve and carry out the instructions of the commandments of God all the way? Or will we still play with our obedience because obedience requires not some of you, all of you. Any questions, comments, or concerns? Pastor, uh, can you please give number three again? I, do, unfortunately, do, number three is don't let the size of God's word cause you to fear the enemy's desire to sift you as weak. Denial of his word is denial of him. Thank you. You're welcome. Any questions, any comments, any concerns? Yes, DG, I see your hand. Uh, you're still muted. <laughs> Looks like I was talking to myself. Uh, no, I wanna thank you for this word because you, particularly about the part where you talk about fear and that fight or flight response that we get, whether to move one way or another. And I think all of us in different ways, when dealing with fear, it can subconsciously feel like, oh, maybe I'm off course, but, but really the truth of the matter is you may be on the right course. It's just no one ever promised you would, you wouldn't feel fear doing it. Mm -hmm. So when you spoke that, it, it reminded me of the idea, the verse in Psalms 34, let me pull it up, that says, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord will deliver them from them all. So thinking about it from the perspective of if you knew, just like we're talking about receiving compliments or receiving positive words, yeah. like if you knew that no matter what affliction came, I'm going to be delivered from all of them and really believe that at his word, it, it, it changes the way you move when he speaks something because the promise is already in there. I'm not asking you to obey unless I have a way out. So I just wanted to thank you for that trigger in my mind to be like, oh yeah. They will come, but there's deliverance mm -hmm. on the other side of obedience as well. So Absolutely. each time. Absolutely. 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 Uh, Minister David Hicks. Um, I like this. I've uh, been really enjoying this because um, 
I was just thinking about one way I have been tripped up uh, concerning obedience. Um, sometimes when you don't get that uh, you get the backing of heaven, even though it's going to be hard, you'll question whether you heard God in the obedience factor in the beginning. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so, and that will cause a descent in your obedience, mm -hmm. especially if it's um, um, a covenant, your personal covenant that you have with God. Like if you are to live a life of fasting or live a life of interceding for people and you feel a burden to pray, you know, these extra days or weeks or whatnot or fast or something. And after having obeyed and when that testing or that trial or whatever that is that comes and the impact, you still feel it. Yeah. then you'll question, well, maybe I wasn't supposed to do that. And that was just me. Right. And there begins the descent. And so I think it's important that you extracted that uh, principle that just because you obey doesn't mean that uh, you won't feel the impact. It just means that you will have your heavenly help. So uh, I enjoyed that. And then um, one, I see you, Daryl family. Give me one second. So for instance, there was, um, I want to say maybe two months ago, um, I was asked to do something for, to, to submit something to um, a fairly large ministry. And I, I, you know, okay. And then I didn't do it for like a couple of days. And I was like, mm. and I, I went to Minister Suzette and Pastor Alex and I was sharing with them and I said, I think I'm scared. Like there was, where's this fear? Because what they asked me to do was not hard. But I, but here's the thing. What I realized was that I was standing in the weight of words that God had spoken to me years ago, that now here they were coming to pass. And I was like, am, am I ready? <laughs> right? Like, and that's why I said, just because it, 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 God's word should be bigger than you. <laughs> Right. Because it, it, it's not going to be it's not going to be us that um, let me say it like this. It is going to be God in us that's going to allow us to to fulfill what he said. But on our own, we can't do it on our own. We, we can't. And so but that admission to them and then talking it through. Right. Then reignites faith. I do it. And it's 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 fine. Right. But if we never admit, I'm what, okay, what is this that, what, why am I not moving on what I know even is for me or for me to do? Where is this hesitation? And I, I, I'm saying this to, to go back off what Minister Hicks said. Sometimes we can believe that the hard thing is not the God thing. And I'm sorry, that's not true. Right. I don't, if y'all can show me in any scripture that what God called people to do is easy. I don't, I just, I don't understand this theology that we have been giving Christians like, oh, every, right. Peace in God does not mean easy, that you need peace. It does not mean that. And we have kind of, we are not kind of, we have watered down the scripture and we have watered down. So where people are like, oh, if there's any kind of, um, any kind of wrestle, if there's any kind of, you know, if it's too hard, man, that might not be God. I'm sorry. I just don't see if it was hard for Jesus and Jesus had to go to Gethsemane 
what do you think it's going to be like for us? Right? And that's why I said, if you remember in the beginning of, of this, I said, hard equals good. Don't, don't let the enemy fool you. Mm -hmm. There's going to be a journey, a climb, a road. The road is already set, but it doesn't mean on that road there aren't hills. Doesn't mean that on that road there aren't potholes. Doesn't mean on that road, right, that you might not get a flat tire, but Jesus is with you. God is with you. The Holy Spirit is with you all the way. Daryl family. Great word, Pastor. Um, I too have been arrested since um, Saturday and been in a place of a posture of really listening and repenting. And um, God has just been showing me more and more about what it means to be obedient. And as you were teaching tonight, the revelation that I got was that a lot of times for me in the past, I was always so focused on being obedient and what God was telling me in the moment or what he told me to do something. But God is, what I hear him saying is that we have to be obedient to what's already in his word and the commandments and the Proverbs and the Psalms and all the teachings and everything. And when we get that, then then we, that will help build our muscles so that when he does tell us to do something in the moment, we're already in that posture of being obedient to what he's already said. And so I'm just excited because I'm like, Lord, I'm going to get what you say here. And then I know that's going to carry me over to all the other things that you're telling me. So just Amen. And, and, and that's the thing. We're so, and, and y'all who know me, and, we're so undereducated about God's word. We don't even know what his word says. We don't even know what his commandments are. Too many of us are living in this New Testament dispensation as if the Old Testament doesn't even exist. And the Old Testament is a foretelling of the New Testament. You can't have one without the other. And so you can live, um, you, you, you can rest all your faith in the three years of Jesus's life if you want to. Um, and that's why people are living without the Father and the Holy Spirit. Because we are literally teaching people just, just, just love Jesus. Yeah, love Jesus. But guess what? There were commandments that his father gave to man long before Jesus showed up. And Jesus said this, I didn't come to abolish the law. I came to fulfill it. So it does not mean that now those commandments are still not in play today. And many of us don't even know what the Ten Commandments are in 2020, 2020, We do not know. And so we have to be the word has to be our sustenance. You have to love to feast on the word because God always confirms his word with his word. And so even in the rhema, if he's speaking to you, there should be some place, there, not share, should be, there's going to be some place in the word, word, logos, written, that is going to speak to that thing he's talking to you about. It may not be, so for instance, if he says, and I, I, I'm sorry, I don't know why Minister T. Faye is always in my line of sight when they do this, but let's say he says to Minister T. Faye, you are about to, and I'm not going to say what everybody say, speak to the nation. That is not what I'm going to say. Let's say he says, Minister T. Faye, I want you to start and I'm saying this, a school of prophets. I'm not saying she's doing that. Guess what? There were actually groups of prophets in the Bible, if you read the Old Testament. Now, there's so many people who start these schools, and I'm not saying anything against that, 
But what I am saying is their biblical basis and instruction on how they lived, what they did. When people talk about the Levites and them being the worshipers, people do not understand what the Levitical priesthood and their responsibilities were. It says that they ministered to the Lord day and night. So then if they are the worshipers, and guess what? They only, I'm going to back up. I'm not going to go all the way in there. But if they are the worshipers, and they are the ones that are supposed to minister to the Lord day and night, then here's what you guys, the entitled church can't do, is want them to, to make you and entertain you because worship is not for you. Worship is to be ministered to the Lord. Because that person that is ministering to the Lord, it becomes a contagious outward expression that then should draw you to want to do the same thing, minister to the Lord. Worship is a ministry to God. It is not ministry to man. Because the Levites were outside of the camp and did not even interact with men. So do you get what I'm saying? If you don't know what the word says, then you will misappropriate the, the, the roles of the church, the gifts to the church, and the church altogether, which is not a building. But we're not going to do that today. So what I'm saying to you is, is that I love what you just said, Minister Janetta. And that is why, you know, when people ask me, what are you called to do? Educate the body of Christ. With the word of God, we're undereducated when it comes to the word. We still want feel good messages. We still want to hoop and holler. And there is a God in heaven who is sitting, crying, uh, literally crying out for his people to come to him, to receive of him, so that we can go and really save a lost and dying world. Your, your banging CD, your great book is not being read by the lost. It will be your life in front of the loss that is going to preach. Yes, Kim. Pastor Kai, um, if, ever, if I don't want to rush into prayer to stop, I want to share a prayer request um, from Diane and her husband before everyone jumped off. Um, but we can come back to it before. I just wanted to make sure I put my hand up. So if, if I can share it now, great. And if not, if you just make sure you come back to me. Mm -hmm. Is there anyone else who has any questions or comments about the the actual um, teaching tonight. Okay, Pastor Alex. Um, great word. I'm, I'm really still feasting off of what DG was talking about. You know, um, that was just so good. And the scripture that he used was so powerful when he talked about, you know, many are the afflictions of the righteous. And when you really dig deep into that, that, that verse, a lot of times we take the word many yeah. And we, we lose sight because in some translations, it's almost as if they break it down to say, not one too many. Mm -hmm. In other words, it takes you back to the scripture where he says he'll never put more on you than you can bear. And I think a lot of times we, if not careful, we can put some self-inflicted wounds on ourselves because of fear because we're fearful and because we don't open up and allow God to really guide and direct our footsteps, we put things on ourselves and then we're praying pretty much against the will of God because we're praying amiss. We're not praying properly. We're not praying according to God's word. And that's why what you said is so important. You have to understand his word. You have to understand and what it's saying to you at the moment in time that you may feel yourself going through that place to fear. So it was a great word, but I'm feasting on everyone's questions, which is really, really great. Anybody else? 
don't want to give time for anyone else. Um, I'm a little stuck, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna be stay stuck because I, I think that's good. I, it's just, it's so. I mean, even when I read the first, I mean, read the proverb, it's just that in itself is just, um, it's arresting, like you said. So. Yeah. And, and let me say this, that I just want to make sure that people are aware um, when pastors talking about more than we can bear. The scripture is actually 1 Corinthians 10, 13. And what it says is that uh, he will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. Right. Just so that we have clarity. So we have we understand what he's saying. And it is OK. Uh, we all should be a little bit stuck. Because God at, in this hour is requiring more from us. I'm so glad you clarified that because that has been one of those sayings that mm -hmm. we've been taught and we've heard yeah. over and over and it is actually um, not correct. Right. Because God, if he didn't allow things to come on us that were heavier than we could bear, we wouldn't need him. Mm -hmm. If we could bear, if we could, whatever we, whatever he gives us. Yeah. And yeah. Requires us to turn to him in faith. Right. to carry. Does that make sense? Yes. And I was saying, because I know that Pastor Alex means it from that temptation. From point. that, from that's, that, yeah. That's why I want to absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. He won't allow, he won't allow more temptation to exactly. put on a second mm -hmm. but he will certainly allow things to oh, come on yeah. us that we can't carry absolutely absolutely and thank you for that thank you both for that because you are absolutely solid in what you're sharing with that so thank you mm -hmm. dg you're muted <laughs> oh yeah last thing i wanted to say is, is as you guys were talking i realized you know when we hear like he'll never give you more than we can bear or, temptation or whatever it's like we truly don't know what truth is really don't know what we're, 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 how much we can or can't bear until you're faced with a real big problem you know what I mean? like without affliction you have no idea what's in you right Absolutely. like there are things probably now that five years ago would break you but now you can sleep at in bed at night but it's only because of a hard time so i think the danger sometimes is like well i don't know if i can handle this like well you don't you truly don't know until but you, it's, if I, if, I'm sorry, but Pastor, sure. Pastor T. Faye said it correctly. The fact of the matter is you can't bear it. You cannot. Fair enough. This, this is why, you know, in his word, it's clear that we lean to him in all your ways, get understanding. Because those moments, they are, they are overwhelming. They are overwhelming. You need to stand in the face of God and tell him and let him know this is too much. If Jesus did it, Jesus did it. He says, this is just, if, if this your will, take this from me. So it's, it makes God in his infinite wisdom really become Abba Father to us. So allow yourself to know the truth about your weakness mm -hmm. so that you can allow God to really be Abba Father. The Bible says he takes good pleasure and taking care of us because yeah. he knows that what we're going through is heavy stuff. Amen. Amen.
Thank you for joining us on another episode of the K-How Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, please feel free to email us at khowworshipla. That's K-H-O-W-O-R-S-H-I-P-L-A at gmail.com. Thank you.